Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Veterans are who we are, what we talk about, who we fight for. This podcast sheds light on real issues facing our veterans. It informs the uninformed, it celebrates their triumphs, and provides hope to those fighting a silent battle. This is Upholding Valor. Welcome. I'm Jill Atwood, Director of Communications for the VA Salt Lake City Healthcare System and your host for Upholding Valor. Of course, because of Veterans Day this month, we are celebrating extraordinary men and women who have touched our lives, both with their service, but also with the care we have been able to provide. VA has the best care around, period. I know I'm biased, but I think I'm right. I know you hear the negative in the media. Yeah, we're an easy target, but those are isolated incidents most of the time, completely blown out of proportion. I see personally the good every day. I know the difference we make, and sadly, you don't hear about those stories, and that's why I am here doing this podcast and sharing those stories. We are about to hear from a veteran who has a brand new set of lungs. And, and transplants are tricky business. Everything has to work perfectly, and in this case, it did. From the care in the community process to VA's partnership with the U of U to our extraordinary providers here at VA, of course. So joining me now is Joe Rand. He is a Marine Corps veteran, and he is thriving after his double lung transplant. And we also have his rock by his side, his wife, Henny who's been there through this entire journey. Welcome, you two. Thank you. Thank Thank you. Nice to meet you. (laughs) Thank you so much. Joe, don't be scared. You got this. All right. I need to hear your story because I think probably at one point you didn't think you'd be around to tell your story. No, I, I did not. So let's talk about this amazing, not just one lung, double lung transplant. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, it was crazy. Um, like the one doctor said, I got the double whammy. So, right. you know, I, my breathing was obstructed and restricted. So, and um, a year ago, March, it hit me hard and fast. I went from, you know, being out of breath and this. And I thought I was a little out of shape. Everybody else thought I was sure. just lazy, you know. Right. I couldn't hardly do anything. But, um, so I had an episode one night, and, you know, and of course I'm a guy. Three days later, I go to the emergency room. <laughs> right. And, um, yeah, I'm, find... looking, I'm looking at your wife. We know. <laughs> yeah. We know. So, and then I find out that, you know, my oxygen level is just very, very low. 
So at that time, they put me on two to four liters occasionally as needed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what for? Like, what was the cause? They, they didn't really wrong? know at that point. Okay. They didn't really, oh, okay, right. And and this is a year ago, March, right? Mm-hmm. So this is right when the whole pandemic stopped. Oh, terrible timing right. to boot. So the first doctor I seen went come within six feet of me <laughs> and prescribed me an inhaler. Yeah. Okay, thanks. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> this whole time, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in the process of getting my VA records, medical records, from Arizona up here to, to Salt Lake. Mm-hmm. So I'm in the middle of that process. And then come to find out, you know, um, I hadn't seen a VA doctor yet. you got to see them face-to-face to get that enacted. So I'm, like, stuck out on a limb. I'm, I was getting really scared. So you were really in the scared. community. Correct. Yes, that's, yes. that's I live I live in rural rural central Utah. Okay, gotcha. So you needed to get you needed to get connected with us. Yes. Okay, yes. so and I was in the process of doing that when when I got really sick. And then what happened? What happens next? Um I go to the, the emergency room. I got I, I got me an appointment mm-hmm. with the doctor at the St. George Clinic because that's closer and it's sure. a nice drive. St. <laughs> George is beautiful, yeah. yes. And um I end up going to the emergency room again. And then just so happens there was a doctor there with a the pulmonary background. He recognized right away what oh, was going on, right away. Thank goodness. Yeah, excuse me, I'll get emotional oh, here. it's there. okay, you can. <laughs> but, you can, um, that's yeah, what this is It's all still for. so fresh. It's all still so fresh. Well, maybe. and you have lots of uh, friends and fellow veterans listening yeah, right yeah. now, So, and they want to hear from you. Yeah, and um, so I, and he kept me in the hospital for three nights, you know. And there was no way to transport me even up here to the VA because mm-hmm. there was no way to get me here <laughs> because my oxygen need was so great. So I left the hospital at that time on six liters of oxygen. Wow. I don't know how much you know about oxygen levels, but that's that's starting to, to get up there a lot. And this is only, what, four months, three mm-hmm. or four months after I first noticed something. Mm-hmm. So luckily his background in uh, pulmonology referred me to a pulmonologist in um, central Utah. Provo. No. Yeah. Provo. Utah Valley, Utah Valley Hospital in Provo. Okay. Yeah. And what did he tell you? He's the one who gave me the news. Yeah. <laughs> and what is what what is what was the news? The news was he the CT scan of my lungs, all this scar tissue, and that scar tissue you don't exchange oxygen with your body. So he he told pulled me back to his office and showed me that, and it's like my heart was starting to sink already. Right. No. We go back to the examination room. Says Joe. There's no cure and there's no treatment. What was it from? <laughs> what? How did you get the scar tissue? Uh, I'll, I'll get to that. Okay. <laughs> and, and I want to get to how you were doing, too, with all this, honey. So he says, there's no, no cure, no treatment. I go, okay, what, what, you know, my head's swimming. He goes, there's a possibility of a transplant, and he, you might be a good candidate. And he, by chance, <laughs> knew Dr. Cahill at the transport, at the transplant team at the University of Utah. Perfect. Perfect. Everything's starting to fall in line. I'm getting medical care. At that point, you know, I've, I've seen the, the St. George um, doctor, my doctor, so I, I got some face-to-face with him, and um, everything's falling in line, you know. So we start the process of getting approved and, and all that, and just uh, just comes off in time. Back to um, your question, the uh, IPF, idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis, is, mm-hmm. is what really was kicking my butt. Audiopathic basically means no known cause. Oh, wow. No known cause. Yeah. My right. mom had the same thing, and she had just passed, uh, what, 
year, two years two before. Two years prior. So you can't breathe. You have all the scar right. tissue in your lungs, and you have no idea why, and right. it's not going to get better. Right. So you go from being a normal guy who thinks everything's right. fine to needing a double lung transplant yes. in a span of three or four months. Right. Within five months, I'm on ten. Five, six months, I'm on ten liters of oxygen. And how are you doing? What are you doing doing during all this time? I was just uh, in a state of shock. You know, I just lost my mom from this horrible disease, and yeah. you know, watching her struggle with the oxygen and everything. And then I thought, you know, well, we moved to Utah to be closer to the kids. You know, we got out of Arizona, and. Um, Everything was wonderful. Life was beautiful, you know. And then this happened, and I thought, oh, my gosh. So, you know, we're, I just didn't know how to feel, what to feel. You know, well, how just, could you? It's a, day, it's a day-to-day thing at yeah, this point. Yeah. So talk to me about coming up to Salt Lake and, and the transplant list and how all that works, because... I'll admit, and and Salt Lake City is one of five heart transplant hubs across the country, so we do this, but haven't heard much about the lung transplant. So I want to know your story in terms of the VA and how this worked. Right. Well, I got approved to the VA. They got to send it back east and all that stuff. And there's two places that the VA does um, lung transplants. Mm -hmm. um, Seattle, I think, and and, um, Wisconsin. Okay. And I was so sick that that would, and, you know, I don't have a lot of money. I'm retired on a fixed income. Yeah, for sure. So my income's pretty low, so it'd be a hardship, let alone, you know, medical and and financially. Mm Mm-hmm. So so we got approved, and and coming up here, they they do have the the heart transplant coordinate with with the VA. Right. The U does. The U, the university, yes. So um, I was the first um, lung transplant to, oh. to have to go through this. Oh, wow. So okay. kind of blazing a little bit of territory there. Yeah. But, you know, some of it's familiar. But there's al- already been, and it's in place, and it has been for a while, the, the doctors. Some of them work here. Some of them work there as well. Right. Both places. And, the communi- and they communicate constantly. Yeah. We train a lot of the right, used physicians. Right, they right. do rotations right. here. So how that's how right. it works. We've got some brilliant minds. Right. They're absolutely. Absolutely. And I'll take this moment to say I haven't run into anybody in either hospital that has not been just top-notch. I, mean, I love just, it. Yeah. People, the community can say what they want. Like you started the podcast with about, you know, the the VA, it's, it's top-notch. They it just really don't is. know. They just don't know. <laughs> it really is. From every, every step of the way, I'm just amazed. Amazed. Okay, so take me through <laughs> the next step. So what happens? Uh, you, you, they, they find you? The lungs? Um, Who finds you the I have lungs? to be within an hour. Gotcha. So I'm with my sister in Saratoga Springs, 50 minutes away. Okay. So cutting it close. Yeah. And um, I put on the transplant list. And um, usually that's about one to three months. You know, people have to be on, you know. Mm-hmm. It took me five months. Okay. Because I'm tall. So it's like the one doctor said, it's like the Goldilocks story, you know, well, it's got to be just right. <laughs> well, and does two complicate it versus one? No. Oh, okay. No. I wasn't sure. No, because um, it's a size match. Okay. It's got to be, you know, I'm a tall guy, so it took a while. And it literally someone, I mean, someone else, something bad needs to happen to right, someone right. else. Right, and that's that's always in your mind the and whole you time. you get the gift of life, yeah. Yes, yes and it is a gift. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. But, but it's not a, an easy process to go through any of this. The testing, the qualifying, mm-hmm. the waiting. It's um, it's like I said in one other story. Um, 
you have to want to, to live. You have to want to survive, to stay alive. You have to want it yeah. because it's not easy. A lot of people just choose to stay home and, and give up and, you know, drink a lot of people or whatever they choose to do sure. to just to deteriorate. And and I wasn't going to do that. You did the work. Yeah, I wasn't going to do that. And you helped him do the work. Yeah. That's a lot of work. Tell me about that. What do you mean it was a lot of work? Probably a lot of emotional work. A whole lot of emotions involved, yes. Yeah. Um you know, I didn't know if he was going to live or not. And every day, you know, you're watching him go downhill. And mm-hmm. it was just, it was devastating. Yeah. And staying at his sister's for six months, you know, thank God we had her to take, yeah. you know, take us in. But that's not easy. No, no, no. Leaving the home wasn't easy, you know. And yeah, it's it was rough. And, um. We went from living in our house, you know, into a little bedroom. Right. So, but, uh, yeah, we got a couple of calls, and they were dry runs. Okay. Dry oh, runs. five. Like you thought, but then yeah. no. Ooh, and that's... That was emotional. Yeah. Five of them? Oh, wow. Okay, well, tell me about the call. The call. Oh. <laughs> tell me. Well, we got up here and we thought, okay, now is this going to be another dry run? Right. And this was, I knew if this wasn't it, he would not survive. He would not have survived. The oxygen went up to 15 liters that day. And, um, you know, I just prayed, 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 you know, that these lungs would come in and they'd be perfect for him. Because he he would not have made it. Yeah, you were on a timeline, and it was yeah, it was running yeah, out. Yeah. So and then you know, of course, you're thinking about this poor family that's giving up. Yeah. The lungs, you know, this poor young man has passed away. And so you learned a little about who you got the lungs from. Little, yeah. Very little. Yeah. Very little, and um, we're still trying to get in the process of you know writing letters yeah and, but sure it's, it's just still too new you know yeah. it's hard but uh yeah we were lucky to have them and what did you tell me about your thoughts when the call came in and then you realized it, it was a match and you were going to proceed well we didn't you don't really know until I, i'm out oh, you know yeah. i've been oh that's true yeah so i don't really know I and mean, i've gotten right close to that point before and the lungs turned out to be no good <sighs> so i'm going oh god you know and, and my oxygen level increased need increased to 15 liters as we're waiting and that wasn't that wasn't enough my body still yeah. needed more oxygen uh, so i knew and i knew if this wasn't going to be it you know just just take me home now <laughs> but but it it did came in and and it was a perfect match perfect that's incredible so they get you up to the point where like uh, prepping you for surgery yes. and they're right. still not knowing right. if it's going to work right and the only way that I knew... And you're gasping for air. Yes. And you're... I went down into the waiting room, and they said, well, just watch the board. Because I said, well, how will I know? Right. You know, and they said, watch the board, and the color strip will change to a different color, which means he will go into surgery. Okay. So I was sitting there and waiting and waiting, and then all of a sudden the color changed, so he's in surgery. That's a good sign. So then, yeah. you know, yeah. yeah. So then they Aww. they give me an update every couple of hours. And it was like two hours later, and they said the 
the left lung is in. In just two hours. How long was the surgery so, total? It was... Uh, Somewhere between about 10 eight. and 12 or Holy 10. Moly. Yeah, I don't know. No. It, it was a, about 9 or 10, yeah, yeah. And you're there the whole time? Yeah. And they're giving you updates and things are going well? Uh, yeah, yeah, they gave me updates every, like, two hours. Oh, my goodness. But it was, it was yeah, it was nerve-wracking. And then when the doctor finally did come in and tell me, you know, that it was over, he did not have the jovial look on his face. You know, he just said he's a very sick man. So I'm thought, oh my He wanted gosh. to temper your expectations. Yeah. And luckily my daughter was there with me. Right. So, <laughs> but yeah, the doctor said uh, we ended up not closing because if we need to get back in, if anything happens, you know, we can just go right back in and fix it. But yeah. Oh, what is it? So they... He's still there open? There was a sponge. Oh, yeah, my goodness. Yeah, they had a sponge in there. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, because even if a surgery is successful with a transplant, you never know if the body's going to accept or reject right. it. Right, And so do we know what kind of time frame we're looking at when you know whether it's going to go well or not? It's usually in the first three to six months. They, yeah. You kind of okay. know right away. And it's not really... Um, if it happens, it's going to be how how bad, to what extent. Sure. So something's going to happen. Something's Your body's going to have right. a reaction. Right. And so far for me, nothing. Smooth. Yeah. Yeah. Smooth. I mean, it totally ex- exceptionally well. <laughs> the, from the pulmonary rehab, everything. I mean, I got cut out of that early because I was doing so well. Right. They were the perfect match. Yeah, that one yes. doctor afterwards, because, yes. oh, yeah, I wake up and I'm just smiling. Hey, everybody, really? what's going on? Yeah, I, I did not <laughs> the expect that. the doctors are coming out with their mouths hanging open going. <laughs> How are you doing so well? <laughs> right? That's it, crazy, yeah. Oh, yeah. So you woke up and felt better yes. immediately. Immediately. Yeah. Well, yeah, you not you can breathe. A couple days, right. you know, later I'm on room air. Wow. And have been ever since. So how long were you in the hospital? How long was that recovery rehab process? I was in the hospital for 12 days. Okay. Um, and you're I in the Fisher house? Yes. Or, or wherever. You're, you're yes. close by. I yeah, was in yeah. the Fisher house Great. the whole time, yes. ICU for, what, three, four days? And then, yeah, total of 12. And then, God, they really let me leave? I mean, you know. Yeah, I was, <laughs> <they're> yeah. <over. laughs> So now this is a collaboration between the U and the VA, right? Right. right. So where was the actual actual surgery done? At the university. At the university, right. and then we handled your care afterwards, correct? Um, it, it's a, it is a partnership. It's right. like some of them, Doctor um, gotcha. Mir um, everything goes through him for the VA. Oh, gotcha. Okay. So and all my pharmacy stuff, which you know, it's a lot. It is a lot. <laughs> <It's> a lot. <laughs> Handfuls of pills, but but um. The doctor of the clinics is is um, still with the the yeah. tr- transplant team at the university. I'm so thrilled and, and it for just, you. The collaboration works tremendously well. Oh my, <laughs> oh my goodness! So, how long has it been now since the surgery? In two weeks, it'll be um, six, six months. months. Okay, and that's kind of the the threshold that we're talking but about. But so far, I mean, exceptionally well. So, I mean, how things have changed? How have things changed? Are you back home? Oh yes. yeah, yeah. Yes. Been home for two or three months. Two or three months now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, just interacting with my family, grandkids. Yeah. 
<laughs> quality of life way up. I'll, yes, I'll do my yes. outdoor stuff. I was doing before, you know, to certain extents, but yeah, I'll, I'll be hiking even more, you know. I think it's it's safe to say you were near death. Yes, yes. absolutely. Yes. So, how have things changed for you since that experience? You know, your outlook on life, your relationship with your wife. It's it's had to have just yes. changed you yes. profoundly. Yeah. yeah. Before, you know, people say, oh, I pray for this and that. Well, I actually do pray, you know, and right. I thank God every morning I wake up. Right. I'm very, very appreciative. <laughs> just, just to breathe, I mean, people take it for granted. But right. I'll tell you, there's nothing worse than slowly suffocating to death. <laughs> I think that would be the worst. I right? was actually thinking about you, and when you're telling your story, and not being able to breathe has to be about the worst. Right. So or ha- trying to get that deep breath that you right. can right. never and get. Now I can take a deep breath, another yeah. deep breath, and then I can go even deeper. I don't know <laughs> if I've ever been able to do that. Well, you have some young lungs, maybe. Yes. 20 Younger? to 30 year old. Oh, my goodness. You're going to have a hard time keeping up. Um. Already done. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, you know, I, I, people laugh at me because I'm, I'm running behind him. You know, right. and I have a smile on my face. I love it. And people are just looking at me like, you know, she's like 10 paces running behind this guy. You I'm know, just stepping. and, just and <laughs> they just look at me like, you know, just a, a weird look on their face. Yeah. And they have n- no clue what I feel on the inside because before I was behind him pushing, pushing a wheelchair. A wheelchair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and basically being his, you know, his pusher. I couldn't, I couldn't do anything. I couldn't, he couldn't, I couldn't do anything. Nothing. I was out of breath just trying to eat. Oh, yeah. Goodness. I'd roll over in bed and be out of breath. Yeah. Now, are you exercising a little oh, bit yeah. now? Oh, yeah. yeah? Is that I, why I, I she says she's two, running behind you? I can walk for two or three miles <laughs> easy. Yeah, that's my normal pace. You yeah. know, it's a good... It's I'm true, tall, you're tall. So, yeah. I'm tall, so right. yeah, I'm just He's stepping tall, it out. He's tall, I'm short, you know, so... It's like I speed walk all the time now. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's quite a quite a big deal. Yeah. Well it's a perfect Veterans Day story. Right. Well, I mean every day's Veterans Day for us here at the VA, but this time of year especially. Right. We like to hear um just stories about extraordinary people and their journeys and I love the part that you said because I've always said it no matter what here at the VA because our veterans have been through a lot and when they come yes. to us yeah. They have to be willing to do the work, uh, whether it's physical or mental health recovery. So I'm so happy for the both of you. Yes. Thank you. The Fisher House has just been amazing. Couldn't have done it without them either. Because, you know, there's no way I could afford to stay this close to the hospital. Yeah. Without the Fisher House. Well, and that's what the Fisher House is is for. They've been wonderful. Well, I appreciate the both of you. Any any closing thoughts? Um, not not. Of course, it come right off. Put on the spot. No, but um, yeah, I, I'm just doing so well, and and it is putting into work. It, it's staying um active, even if I exercise or not. You know, it's just staying active, and, and most of my journey now has to do with um just managing medications. Yeah. To, uh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and I love that you gave a shout out to everybody who was involved in, in yeah. getting you better from the community care folks to the VA folks to the to the U of U. They do extraordinary work. 
the, we um, have people, the nurses, the ICU nurses, yeah. the the pharmacists. <laughs> I mean, it, it goes on and on, but it's it's a huge collaboration. And, I bet they were tickled. And I benefited from it greatly. I bet they were tickled to see you wake up and, and walk oh, out yeah. of there eventually. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I love it. Well, I thank you both for sharing your story. I know it thank probably you. is a emotional it is. and hard Very to share, emotional. but... yes. But now, new lease on life. Yes. Yes. Thanks for joining us today for Upholding Valor. Stay safe, take care of each other, and be kind. I want you guys to check in with me, okay? Let me know how things are going down the road. This is Jill Atwood. I'm a VA employee, Army veteran, and veteran of Desert Storm, and this is personal to me. There is no greater mission than to serve and fight for those who fought for us. Thanks for listening and thanks for caring. If you enjoyed our podcast, please subscribe or rate us or better yet, tell a vet and tell a friend to tune in by texting veterans to 57500 or go to ksl360.com veterans. VA is honored to serve you. Talk to you next time.